Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and I have built a set of mathematical models named Sideline that predict various sports outcomes. You'll hear more about the baseball models during the course of this episode, set to cover four Major League Baseball games scheduled to be played on Monday, June 12th, 2023. Get your new year, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com for some explanations and community rules. And a reminder, if you're interested in projections to picks for every single game, sign up on Dub Club. That link is in the show description. Cost under $1 per day. It also jacks us to our Discord chat where we have a lot of fun. Talk about a lot of other sports bets that we like, don't like, that you know people might have interest in, along with all the humor and good times we have there. So it's a lot of fun over on Discord. Plus, it'll be worth your while as a better, in my opinion. We've got four games today. The other four don't have lines yet. So if you want information on those other four, when a line comes out, I'll be making a pick uh, if there's a good one out there uh, to our dub clubber. So if you're interested in that, again, sign up link in the show description cost under $1 per day. Remember that sports are unpredictable. So the discussion on this show projects a typical game. Does not try to forecast it to a tease. That would be a foolish and impossible goal. We take a long-term view on here and don't get distracted when whatever the heck Sunday was happens because that was weird and it balances out the long run, but it's hard to foresee before it happens. We had multiple aces just completely crap the bed. Uh, we had multiple guys who are very mediocre, look like aces. Uh, it was a very weird Sunday. It was a Sunday that was somehow profitable. I have no idea how it was profitable because it was one of the weirder days I can remember, but that's baseball. We're going to have some weird days. We take that long-term view. We don't get distracted, whether it's up or down or break. Even we keep our eyes on that long-term goal. In other words, please understand that good and bad variance will occur. So as much as I'd like to see will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, we're coming off a weekend where I believe Friday night we had nine one-run games. I do not remember nine one-run games yet this season um, or anywhere near that many. And then the Sunday, I don't even know what Sunday was about. Uh, you're, you're hopping back on here at a time where uh, I'm looking back the last few days and going, baseball got weird all of a sudden. It was kind of like ho-hum, and then all of a sudden, just stuff hit the fan. Yeah, it, it's been wild. I mean, like I'm a big Braves fan, so keeping up with them over the last bit, it's been like uh, they don't start playing until the eighth inning, apparently, and just come back and win, so that's, that's fun. Uh, but, I mean, it seems like everything just went as crazy as possible. It's, it's almost like college sports plays are being out there. Like it's, it's not professionals. Yeah. It, of course we're super week, super regional weekend for the college world series. Yeah. If you follow any college baseball and it's, yeah, it's almost like they all got conflated and it was that sort of stuff. Uh, my dad is a, as a Texas alum, as many of you know, so we watched uh, along with all the baseball games Saturday, we had the Longhorn uh, Stanford game one up and Texas down three runs in the ninth inning. And it was like a walk, a hit by pitch, a walk, and then a routine fly ball to the right fielder. He just drops it. And somehow Texas scores a bunch of runs in that inning. And yeah, that was like that inning was so crazy. And it's like, that kind of was about how I feel like this week could win. It was just completely weird. Uh, like I said, it, it's kind of a miracle. I feel like that we profited this weekend, but uh, whether you did or didn't, I feel like that was a kind of a weird weekend that you just kind of move on. And, and <laughs> we hope for a more normalcy going forward. Um, Jake, I feel like cousin Jared and I have uh, discussed the lack of roller coaster this year versus last year. I finally, I, I was thinking about, it, I have a hypothesis. I think the deader ball that they were using last year created lower scoring games on average. The livelier ball this year is creating higher scoring games. And I'm always talking about this. So if, if you're listening to this, make sure you're all, you're already where you may already know higher scoring games lead to more 
favorite run line covers, more bigger scores, more two run wins, three run wins, lower scoring games lead to more one run games. I think last year had a bunch of one run games because the dead are ball. And I think that's why we had that crazy variance. And then I'm thinking about that on Friday when there are nine one run games. And I'm like, this feels like last year where every game is down to the wire and you have no idea halfway through the action. Are you going to go four and 10 or 10 and four? It's just who the heck knows what's going to happen. Uh, maybe this week we'll get back to the way it was for the rest of the season and have fewer one run games. Personally, the one run games are fun, but they stress me out a little bit too much. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I uh, love to watch a one run game. Do not want uh, any action on a run one, one run game. Yeah. It's a different level of anxiety on it. Right. It's the same thing as, you know, game seven in sports or the play in games in baseball, right? It's a lot of fun when it's not your team or your money, <laughs> but when it is your team or your money, it's a little bit stress, more stressful than, uh, yeah. than it is otherwise. Uh, but again, we've got eight games on Monday. We're going to cover half of them. The other half don't have lines yet. Again, if you want that sign up on dub club, otherwise though, before we get to today's slight some reminders, please hit that like button on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. The way I scale picks, angry money nine plays, we're turning four units. That is the risk plus win will equal four. So we risk proportionally more on favorites and dogs. It's like flat betting, but a little bit more advanced. That we'd have to think about three quarters of a unit or one and a half units. It does the math for me. I want my A grade plays to return me four units at the end of the day. B grade plays will return three, C return two. Totals are flat bet, and the A plus play of the day adds up to five. Little little foreshadowing there. Uh, but let's get to it. And as always, it's scaling with the picks. Take what you like and leave the rest. Monday night, 7, 10 p.m. Eastern, Rockies at the Red Sox. The Red Sox playing here on Sunday Night Baseball will have a shorter trip back home. We talked about last year the curse, quote-unquote, of Sunday Night Baseball, uh, where teams struggled a lot of times playing the next day, traveling potentially across the country while their opponent was rested. We talked about it a couple weeks ago with the Braves and that terrible travel spot going to Oakland. That even carried over to the next day. It seemed like a terrible spot. I can't believe Major League Baseball had them play on Sunday night baseball and then travel literally as about as far across the country as you can other than Seattle from there. Uh, Boston, you know, short trip from New York back home. Rockies also in a tough spot though, with the rain delayed game on Sunday, traveling across the country. They're not going to get there that much earlier than Boston. So both of these teams will be about the same disadvantage from a travel spot. Um, other than that though, you know, the should be massive favorites. They have the, much better starting pitching, the much better offense. Bullpen-wise, I'm not really convinced. I think when the Red Sox, when you got Kluber and Pavetta, and there's someone else in there that's like that. You got all these guys involved in the pen. You can't have too much faith in them, but their offense is much better than the Rockies. James Paxton, much better than Connor Siebold. His ERA is over a full run better, but the advanced metrics shine a even stronger light on that. Paxton's advanced metrics in his 26 innings say his ERA should be in the mid threes. He's looked really good so far. Uh, nice return from all the injuries he's had. And then Connor Siebold's advanced metrics say his ERA should be in the mid fives. It's a massive edge starting pitcher-wise for the Red Sox. Model says it should be Red Sox minus 239. I'm passing on the side because the prices are too high, but I am going to play the total over 10. Model says 11.8. It's a massively hitter-friendly ballpark, and we should have winds blowing out to make it play even smaller. Uh, the Rockies have a terrible bullpen and a terrible starting pitcher. The Red Sox, I don't trust their bullpen at all either, especially in that park, should have a lot of runs. I love this over 10. With regards to the side, Jake... I haven't built that run line yet. So it's hopefully coming the run line model. Hopefully it's coming this week. Um, right now, the price of the run line for the Red Sox is minus 130. I will say this much. I'd be looking at this saying it's a higher scoring game. If I'm going to back the Red Sox, I'm not laying minus 250. 
uh, I would be looking at the run line. That's minus 130. Or I think you go the other direction and you take the Rockies at plus 225 and say, this game's going to be a shootout. I don't really know what's going to happen in it. If you had to pick a side, would you take the big plus odds on the Rockies and just say, who the heck knows what's going to happen? Or would you be looking at that run line at minus 130 with the Red Sox? Uh, personally, I'm, I'm going with the, the who the heck knows and taking a flyer on the Rockies. With okay. the travel and all that, I, I feel like that affects pitching more than it does bats. And I don't want to be in the sixth inning or seventh inning trusting the Red Sox bullpen to not give up a run when, when they've got a two or three run lead or like and give it away there. I'd rather take a chance with it being tight late. And the Rockies, I mean, they, they have some names in that lineup that they can actually – produce and stuff what will they i don't know yet to be seen this year but like they can actually hurt you in a game or two and that that would scare me off the run line so i'd, I'd rather take a flyer but i think the over is a, a much smarter play here like in a ballpark like boston with the travel and everything i, I think we're going to get a lot of runs on this one and you wonder with any of this travel effects, if it's going to create some sloppier defense that could create a couple of errors, something like that. Like you said, it could affect, affect pitching, you know, location, extra walks. In a park like Boston, right, an extra walk is like a, a death sentence because with the wind blowing out in that park, extra guys on base. And that park, it's like it's just built for homers. And it's it's almost like Coors, which is usually going to play in the Rockies because it's just it's like built for home runs because of the weird short uh left and right field and it's built for doubles because the monster and then it's built for triples because that weird stuff out in center field how big it is ball bouncing around it's kind of like course where it's just like it's just a hitter's paradise basically um and that creates a situation again with some questionable pitching in this one some questionable bullpens and like you said the rockies offense the model's not a huge fan of them but they've been performing pretty well gritchick's having a good year mcmahon's having a good year uh diaz is a catcher's playing pretty well uh and like i said they've got some some young guys coming up there. they're decent enough that in that ballpark they should be able to get uh, some runs. So again, model projects almost 12 runs. So over 10, the strongest play. And uh, I kind of agree with you, Jake, who, who the heck knows what's going to happen. I'm either looking Red Sox run line or Rockies money line plus 225. Not good enough for me to say, I think you should play it. But if you are going to play a side, that's kind of an interesting flyer model would be interested at plus 240. And if it gets to plus 270, that would be an A grade pick. I doubt we see plus 270. But if we do, I will be invested at plus 270 just because at some point, like I'm always talking about the risk doesn't change because the probability of the Rockies win won't change, but the reward has changed to the point where now it becomes an advantageous risk reward payout. 7.45 PM Eastern giants at the Cardinals. Here's our a plus play of the day. Only four games have a line. So we're going to give them all four to you. Uh, giants, a strong a grade play here on the day at minus one thirteen. model says it should be giants minus one fifty that they win this 60% of the time. Logan Webb versus Matthew laboratory. Liberatory has not looked good in his uh, 15 innings so far this year. The advanced metrics don't really paint a much prettier picture. He hasn't been great in the past either. He projects to be well below average. Logan Webb, of course, is one of the better starting pitchers in baseball. 309 ERA, and that is no fluke. That is not inflated by the ballpark. The underlying metrics back it up completely. His rating is down to a 70, and he's flirting with, with being in the 60s, which, again, is that elite pitcher status. you got an elite pitcher here against a below-average pitcher, and that's the difference and why the Giants should be big favorites in here. The Cardinals, of course, have been disappointing all season. Their offense is solid, but believe it or not, the Giants' offense rates out better. The Giants' bullpen rates out better. The Giants have an advantage everywhere in this game. I don't know why we're getting minus 113. It's almost like, you know, Logan Webb's not going to pitch, and that's why this number is like this. But Logan Webb is the listed pitcher. I always bet everything pitcher dependent. So if it is someone else, I'll get a push on that. But I mean, minus 113 with Logan Webb against a below average pitcher against this Cardinals team that 
is decent, but not good. Uh, I don't quite understand it. Uh, Jake, can you offer any insight into why the Giants are only minus 113, or are you just running to the window? No, I've already sprinted to the window. Um, I, w- I was taking that all day because this Cardinals team has just been very disappointing all year. They they looked there for, what was it, almost about a, maybe a month ago or a couple weeks ago where they, they started to look like they were – They had a, yeah, a small stretch where they looked decent, yeah. And then just fell off the planet again. I mean, the pitching has been rough. Like we said, Libdori is just absolutely bad, just bad. Um, so I fade him whenever I can. And if I get good, great odds like this, when I get Logan Webb going in this Giants team that just just wins, that's that's all they ever do. It's like they're the Rays of the West Coast, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's just wild. Yeah. Uh, they just get people to produce that shouldn't be producing anymore. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's wild. So I'm all over the Giants here. Yeah, yeah. Uh... It's funny you mentioned that about the Rays of the West. I believe they've got some people, and someone maybe can change, can quote me as back. But I think they do have someone from the Rays that was put up through their part of the Rays. You know, co- not coaching tree, GM tree, uh, front office tree. I guess you'd call it. I think they got someone from them, so it's it's not a bad comparison. Um, I always talk about building the model and using my model, using other people's models, aggregating models, whatever you want to do. I really strongly encourage you as a better to assign a probability to an event. Um, and, and bet it if you think that the, if the odds of it happening are, you, you know, are favorable based off the probability you think that helps you so much in betting. There are a couple of times a week where I feel like you don't need a model. And I feel like this was one of them. Like you didn't really need a model to say giants minus minus one thirteen was a smart pick. I feel like just knowing Logan Webb is the real deal and knowing what the scroll seems done you know, someone's going to comment, someone's going to think, you know, oh, it's a trap or whatever. I don't believe in that. The books aren't, they don't actually do that. Right. Um, I know that's controversial and there's going to be someone who just completely disagrees with that, but I can just tell you, that's not the way it works. Uh, they're setting a line based off of their information and what people are doing. And there's people who still believe in this Cardinals team. I, I don't think this Cardinals team is down and out. I don't think they're terrible necessarily, um, I, I just don't think this is a good spot to back them given the massive pitching mismatch. And so I just think I've been on the Giants a lot this year, it seems like, and it's mostly yeah. worked. It didn't work when they got almost no hit. But other than that one, right, the, the back of the Giants has been uh, pretty successful for the most part this year. They've been a pretty good team. I think we should do it again. Jake, the total in this game is eight and a half. It is juiced to the under model project 7.9. We've got a uh, a normal night in St. Louis, you know, low 70s to start, mid 60s to close. Wind to be blowing kind of out, kind of across. So the wind might help it a little bit, but it's not really a hot night. Logan Webb on the mound. Uh, are, are you interested in under eight and a half? Is it at the right odds? Or are you, you know, what, what are your, the model says 7.9. How do you react to that? I, I like the under. I haven't played it yet. I'm hoping the juice kind of gets off of it somehow. Um, but I'll probably be playing it if it stays at eight and a half. I don't know. I wouldn't play it at eight. If we get if it stays at eight and a half up until game time, I'll probably take it there. But I, I just like I said, the Cardinals offense not been there this year. Especially, I don't think we're coming back against Logan Webb. The Giants offense is good, but I, I don't see them covering. I don't see them getting six here, and that would be my fear: is somebody getting a six, and like this game going six three or something. The Giants offense scored, I believe, thirteen runs on Sunday after getting one hit on Saturday. Uh, they are not as good as 13 runs and they're not as bad as one hit. They are somewhere in between, which is the case in most things, most things in life. Uh, like I said, Giants off, it's decent. They're going to put a few runs uh, here, you know, the four or five probably, but uh, you know, they're not, like you said, they're not the greatest offense in the world. Um, 
but you know they're they're you know, so don't let Sunday fool you, but also don't let Saturday fool you either. They're, the truth is somewhere in the middle there, and the biggest thing here having Logan Webb behind them makes this a really strong play. 8, 10 p.m. Eastern Reds at the Royals Reds. Obviously, the talk of the town, Ellie De La Cruz. Obviously, a lot of fun to watch so far playing the Royals, which is the talk of no town. Um, and Jake, are the Royals worse than the A's at this point? I feel like we have to consider this, right? Oh, yeah, it's, it's debatable. I mean, it's who I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't want to I don't want to have that conversation because I just don't <laughs> want to realize that those are two actual baseball teams. It's also true. I, I can't believe it, but the A's are playing decent. We've backing them a ton here lately. Um, they were the A-plus play today on Saturday, which was a ton of fun to get that winner back to Mall 3 games this weekend. Uh, the Royals just abysmal at this point, playing a Reds team that suddenly has caught fire. Caveat, momentum is only as good as the next day starting pitcher. Right. And the offense stuff still happens, but the pitching here matters. So that's kind of the thing here. The Reds, Abbott looked great, looked better than I thought he would look. Hunter Green on Sunday, obviously, is a really good pitcher. Kept him in that ball game. Reds have a lot of promising, good young pitchers. The weak spot in that rotation has to be Luke Weaver, the guy going here tonight. 6.27 here right now. The advanced metrics he has ERA should be in the low fours, which is closer to mediocre league average. He's not as bad as that number, but he still is the weak spot on this race team. If this race team is going to catch fire and win the Central, which is somehow not out of the question, partially because the NL Central is terrible. It's not going to be on the back of Luke Weaver. It's going to be back on the other four guys that are starting these games. The Reds relievers, not great. If they're going to be in contention, they're going to need to add some relief. But the offense is starting to come along looking better. The Royals offense looks terrible. But Zach Grinke is kind of the bright spot. He's one of the most improved pitchers in my database from the start of the season. After last year being so mediocre, the model looked at his age and thought, Take last year, he's going to get worse. And that's where we started out in the season. He's actually pitched pretty well, kind of reinventing himself yet again. He's obviously a, a baseball genius, a savant, and he hates being called that, but he really is, uh, you know, a, a pleasure to watch and interact with and hear the stories about and all these things. Underlying metrics suggest the ERA should be four this year, and he's gotten up to league average. Now, that's not great, obviously, but for, A, for the Royals, that's pretty good. And B, given his age, that's pretty good that he can still be a league average pitcher. The Royals have an edge here with regards to the starting pitcher. The model says this should be Royals minus 120. They are favored. I cannot believe the Royals are favored. This is a weird world we're in. But at home, this would be a B-grade pick. I'm passing on the B-grade pick. I want A-grade value just because I don't trust the Royals at all. But I, I think Grinky's been okay enough that if it gets to an A-grade, I'd play it. That's minus 109 right now. So if it drops another nickel right now, it's minus 114. That would be an A-grade play. But I do like the under-9 model. Projects 8.4. It's going to be a chillier night in Kansas City for the summer. It's going to be around 70 degrees to start, closing in the low 60s. Wind will be blowing in at 5 miles an hour all game. I trust Grinky to hold down this resurgent Reds offense. And I don't trust the Royals to score on anybody. I think it's a low-scoring game. So I like the under-9. Personally, I'm waiting till Royals get down inside of minus-110 for an A-grade pick. Jake, is there a number that you play the Royals at right now? I can't believe I would play them, but is is I, we, after Singer just got blowed up this weekend, and I thought that was it. Is what I mean? Where would you actually play the Royals at? I, I don't think I'm playing the Royals if they're favored. I don't trust them. I, I just not crazy. Not a crazy. I, yeah, job. like I mean, Grinky has been better than we expected, and uh, I just don't like. It's kind of stink. I mean, the offense behind him, you can't trust that. The bullpen's not great. So I'm, I'm only going to take a random flyer with them with the plus odds because I just mm. don't see the return value being good enough for me to ever yeah. take them. Uh, but yeah. 
that's just me. I love the under here because you know it's it's not because the pitching is great and going to hold these offenses down. It's more <laughs> that the offenses aren't good enough to take to take advantage of an average pitcher like a league average pitcher from the Royals and a just absolutely bad pitcher from on uh, the red side. So I just I don't see the offenses putting up huge numbers here. Take the under nine. It's a smart play. Yeah, under nine. I, I love this. I love the push protection on that. I think one of these teams probably can score a few runs, but I don't think both can. I think there's a real good chance one of these teams finishes with one or two runs. I, I don't know which one because, uh, again, Grinky's the better starter, uh, you know, and he's crafty enough that he's the type of guy who could really come up with the crafty game plan and really, you know, be a buzzsaw to this Reds offense. Uh, that said, the Royals scoring one or two is seems like a normal Tuesday. So, I mean, I, I don't really know which one, but I think it's unlikely that both teams score runs in this situation. Coffin's a hitter park, but it's a hitter park when the wind's blowing out, when it's warm. That's not the case here uh, in this one. And like I said, with regards to, obviously we love the under here. With regards to the side, you know, it's, it's I think it's Royals or pass. Jake, you're passing kind of unless the odds get crazy different from here. Not a crazy take whatsoever. I think the Reds hype is a little bit too much right now. That's not to say they won't win this game. That's not to say that there's not going to be value on them later, that they're not going to win the NL Central. I don't know. Uh, I just think right now the hype's a little bit too high based off the current roster makeup. I think we're overreacting just a little bit. I think them beating the Cardinals maybe says more about the Cardinals. Uh, you know, than anything else. So I, I'm, I'm just not quite buying into the Reds hype and the way they're priced right now. Uh, I still don't think they're a very good team. That said, the Royals aren't a very good team either. So if you just say pass, that makes a lot of sense. At some point, there's value on the Royals, I think. I just don't know when it comes. I think this is a situation too, where again, the Royals are minus 114 right now. I think there's a good chance there's Reds money that comes in between now and first pitch and that Royals number keeps dropping. And at some point, at some point, you either think about it or you pull the trigger. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I just think there's too much Reds hype right now. So I'm not playing the Royals yet, but if it gets number gets better, I would be interested in the Royals. Uh, but either way, like I said, I've already locked in this under nine. I think one team maybe scores. I definitely do not think both can. And then wrapping us up with an under here, 9.40 p.m. Eastern, Marlins at the Mariners under eight, back to a more pitcher-friendly ballpark for Seattle after giving up uh, bunches of runs on the road and two good pitchers in Jesus Lazardo and Bryce Miller. Lazardo's been every bit as good as that 379 ERA. He now gets an 86 grade according to the model, 100 is average, and lower is better. Bryce Miller, as a rookie, struggling a little bit as of late, but still better than average. And this Marlins offense other than apparently the ninth inning against Chicago can really be shut down. If this can be an eight inning game, I love the under the ninth inning Marlins apparently after Saturday and Sunday are really good. So that's the ninth inning Marlins are a little bit of concern, but otherwise this Marlins offense just very meh. And a guy like Bryce Miller ought to be able to shut him down again. That Mariners bullpen is good. If it's a close game, they got a lot of good arms and I don't trust the Mariners really to score much of anything right now. They had tons of chances all weekend, seemingly against the angels and the one game they actually scored six runs on. They had like 20 base runners and they still only got six runs. And so I think Lazardo can shut them down. Going under eight, model projects 6.9. There's some juice on it, minus 125. I'd still play under seven and a half if you're looking at that. Uh, projected to be a nice night in Seattle, so I think the roof will be open, mid-70s to start, mid-60s to close. Really nice night for baseball. I don't think that's going to really affect the total much one way or the other, though, that it's open. I think this should be seven rather than eight, so I'm going under. And we have a similar story here with the Royals. It's hard to really trust this Mariners team right now, but the model would give B-grade value to Mariners, minus 131 right now. Model says it should be minus 137. Minus 124 would be an A-grade play. If it gets to the A-grade, I am playing it. But again, Jake, my same question to you, where do you trust the Mariners 
is the minus 130 that it is right now, is that good enough? Do you need minus 125, minus 120? They're a tough team to trust right now. At some point, there's value, but where is that for you? Or is it like the Royals where you're just like, just can't do it with the way this team's looked of late? Yeah, right now, that's, I'm not going to back, back the Mariners. I want to see them prove it to me a couple times here. like Because something's wrong with that offense. Their, their pitching is very doing very well this year, I think, but as a, as a whole. But, man, the offense, they, like you said, they had 20 base runners and scored six runs. That's that's, that's terrible. Like I don't like it. I don't know. You've got – They've got to do something about this offense. Uh, they're just cold right now. And then, especially with the Marlins, the way they're playing at the moment, out, given the fact that Sandy's ERA is in the fives, maybe in almost sixes, and the fact that they're second in the East is just crazy to me. If you, At the beginning of the year, you tell me Sandy's having that kind of year. I'm assuming they're battling it out with the Nationals for last. But right. it's, I mean, what's, uh, what's his name from – I forget where he came from. The guy's hitting 400 Arise, Arise, or whatever the guy yeah, that Luis Arise from Minnesota, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's having a great year. It's just been – they're they're fun to watch because they seem to be always in these games. But uh, They've played a ton I, of one-run games this year, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, and so I like the under here because, like I said, I think something's wrong in the Mariners' offense, and I don't think they're going to be able to score enough runs to get this over. And then the Marlins don't show up till the last inning and they like one run games. So I, I see this being like a three to two kind of game. Yeah, absolutely. And especially with such a pitcher friendly ballpark, like uh, I guess T-Mobile is what it's called now. Uh, park. I'm still thinking about Safeco, but I, I don't think it's been Safeco for a long time. Um, you know, and like I'm always talking about with these offenses, you know, the Mariners offense, it was never supposed to be great. And it was always going to struggle. If you look at traditional stats like home runs and batting average and things like that, because they're in a pitcher-friendly ballpark. But even when you look at the park neutral statistics, it's been terrible. It will get better. It won't become, again, top of the league. But it should be around league average, maybe even a little bit better. But, like I'm always talking about with a struggling offense, you never you always want to see a bad pitcher and say, this is a, we can get things right, get the rolling. The way Lazardo's pitched, that's not it, right? It's not a situation where you think, okay, here's where we're going to figure it out uh, because Lazardo's pitched well enough and, and going deep enough into games. It doesn't seem like it's an opportune time for a struggling offense like the Mariners uh, to get back on track. Uh, you talk about one run games. I think it's fascinating. The Mariners, I think at the best record in baseball, the last two seasons, each one individually in one run games, they always won one run games. That's a little bit of luck, and typically your one-run games, you should be a little bit better if you're a better team, but it's pretty close to 50-50. But the Mariners had specific advantages that should help them with one-run games, being their strong bullpen. Uh, this year, I think they're like one of the worst teams with one-run games. The Marlins are one of the better teams in one-run games. Uh, it's kind of an interesting to, to dive into, especially if you have a one-run game. Do you go with what's happening this year, and that would be the Marlins could win a one-run game, or is what happened in years past a little bit more predictive. The Marlins have been lucky. They're due for some regression because the Mariners won a one-run game. It's tough. Their pitching has been so good this year with some random exceptions. Logan Gilbert on Sunday getting shelled. Um, last last week they had a, several games where they were giving up 10 runs a game. It's either like they're getting destroyed or they're pitching like we know they can because they have five good starters at this point, four, four good starters at this point. You know, four of your five starters are really good. The bullpen's good. There should be no reason why they're giving up this many runs. And half the time, they don't. And then half the time, they're like, let's just give up 10 today. And it's like, what, what is happening with this team in Seattle? You know, it's not like they won last year and they have a hangover. You know, they lost in the first round. Uh, or the first, you know, the, I guess the divisional series, I guess. Uh, they, I guess won the play-in yeah, series. I guess. Yeah. 
Uh, but you know, it doesn't make any sense why they are. Uh, everything's just going wrong with this team. Uh, obviously, there's probably some Mariners fans listening to this, and I'm sure you're probably frustrated with this team. Um, and, and I'm like you; it's really tough to, to trust them. Um, I was hesitant to trust them on Saturday. Uh, it turned out what they won. I trusted him on Sunday. I thought Logan Gilbert would do better. And like I said, randomly, he's just like, I'm going to be terrible today. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and that's what Bryce Miller's been struggling as of late. But I do think at least back at home against a weaker Marlins offense, a, a, a league average Marlins offense, a not star stud and not as good as the Angels offense, right? Uh, not as good as the Rangers offense, right? He can get back on track. That makes us under really appealing. Again, whether it's under eight, under seven and a half, I think under makes a lot of sense. And just like the Royals, if the price gets good enough on the Mariners, I would take them. But I'm waiting for a grade value because it's really hard to trust this team right now. So I really need to pay out to be worth my while. Otherwise, I'm just going to stick to the under eight in that one. Yeah. That's all I've got here, Jake. Any parting words for the viewer? No, I'm, I'm just... I'm wait. I'm more interested in Monday's college baseball games. I like the ones that have a little something on the line, uh, on the line there. So I'm big into the Tennessee Southern Miss one. That, that one should be fun after a crazy weather thing that happened with that. Yep. Uh, one Saturday. I had looked. I had looked, but Oral Roberts might be pushing through. So it's always fun to see those smaller schools do it. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, last I had seen, we're recording this while that game's happening. Last I had seen, I think they were up by one run. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, yeah, college baseball is a lot of fun. If that's something you're interested in, can, can watch some daytime action money. Unfortunately, we have no baseball daytime action. MLB again dropping the ball, uh, missing out on the opportunity to catch our eyeballs. Instead, we'll be watching college baseball on Monday afternoon because MLB decided not to play a game. I, I don't know. We talk about it every week, but you know, maybe again one day we'll uh, – We'll figure this out and, and we'll have day baseball every day because there really is no excuse not to because uh, people like us would definitely be watching and, and betting on it because yeah. why not? Yeah, squeaky <laughs> will disagree, exactly. right? Squeaky will disagree. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content provided on this channel. Jump right into your feed. I'll be back again tomorrow with more baseball betting content. Until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.